The following is a CA original. The mighty sound of the South. Tailgating on Tiger Lane. Tom Three at the Liberty Bowl. Each one a Memphis football tradition. This is the Tiger Football Podcast with Mark Giannato and Jeff Calkins. How's it going, Tiger football fans? Back for another week, a championship week podcast. Um, really doesn't get much. I can't imagine another week that would be bigger than this for Memphis football. AAC championship game this Saturday Saturday against UCF. Um, you've got rumors about you know Mike Norvell, whether he's going to sign a contract extension, whether he might go to Arkansas. Um, we're going to preview this week's game. Um just just a lot to go over um but let's start just first with with this week um rather than looking at the future um with UCF um coming up this is going to be you know was their hardest game during the regular season obviously their only loss of the regular season and now they get a chance at a rematch um in Orlando with a spot in a New Year's Six Bowl on the line um and so It'll be interesting to see what Memphis does to, to to correct some of the things that went wrong in that use the original UCF game. It was so long ago; it's easy to forget. Memphis was actually leading that game in the second quarter, and then things just snowballed. I mean, they had a season high in turnovers. The offensive line played poorly, as Mike Norvell put it. About everything that could have gone wrong went wrong in that game. Um, the defense gave up a lot of big plays. Um, but I think what we've come to realize over the last two months is that, you know, this team has really grown from that experience. And I think UCF is going to see a different Memphis team this week. Um, and, you know, obviously if Memphis can, can get over this hump and win this game, it would be an historic achievement in Memphis football history, winning the conference and then presumably going to the Peach Bowl um, to face someone like Georgia or Auburn or Ohio State. I mean, it would be just really cool for this program, considering where it was not that long ago. Jeff, what are you uh, most excited about with this championship game? What are you looking forward to? What are you what are you uh, what, what are your things that you'll be keeping? Just love going on? back to Orlando. No, um, I uh, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I have the uh, box score from that game up in front of me here and. I was at that game, um, and all you got to know is Riley Ferguson's QB rating was 19.2. Uh, it might also be useful to know that Anthony Miller um, caught 30, 37 yards worth of passes, I do believe. Uh and yeah, Memphis receiving Anthony Miller, three catches, 37 yards, long of 16 like 16 he does normally you know in his sleep when he's you know what like 16 is nothing 16 is a is an out little 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 you know for for Anthony Miller um and so like you can't have that and and you won't have that i i don't believe you will have that um so they clearly did not show up and play their best football against uh against Central Florida in that game. And then defensively, they were really adjusting and figuring out who they were. That was the other thing. This was at the, there was, at the it, point. They were, it seemed like they were losing a starter they were every losing, game. And they had not figured out 
mm-hmm. how to replace them, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, so you had the, the, the Riley Ferguson, who has since said it's the worst game he's played. He takes personal responsibility and all of that. And then you have a defense that was really trying to find itself against, by the way, the team that's awesome. Like that, that really is good. That in, in, in the, in, in, in any fair world, if UCF won this game, they should be as part of an 18 playoff to try to win a national title. They should have the chance to show that they are good enough. I'm not saying even Memphis should because Memphis is loyal, whatever. Lost. But if UCF you go undefeated. undefeated the way they have, looking as impressive as they have, the number one offense in the country, and then they beat Memphis, they should have a puncher's chance. And it's criminal that it's a, a system where they get nothing. Like they, they just can't have that shot. So. Yeah, and so you, so Memphis didn't play well. They're trying to find themselves, and against a really good team that, by all rights, if they win this game, should have a, should have a chance to play for the for a national championship. Um, so everything was was uh, went wrong in that game, um, and I do think that they are a very different team since then. I do think that all the things that Mike Norvell said that they've that they have that they've grown from it, that they took that loss, and that they. Um, I'm not even sure they get to this point without losing that game. I don't know. You think you believe that? Yeah, I think it was a like you know I was talking to Riley today about it. I think that that game that humbling experience refocused them. It refocused him, them. Like it taught him, for instance. He said it today. He freelanced a little too much in that game and was trying to force things, and it made him realize I cannot just venture out of this system and try and do it myself. You uh, let me ask you this. Do you really believe that under extraordinary pressure it, that he won't like to me that's the one well, thing with Riley. I'm not convinced that his freelancing days are 100% over. Mm-hmm. Like I love Riley. Well, that's what's interesting to me. And, I think But at up, his worst, what his weaknesses is is he'll try things. Well, I think up front is really going to be important in this game. This this Memphis offensive line has played really well this year. Aside from that UCF game, right? That was a game they couldn't establish the run. They couldn't really protect Riley, um, and it should be noted. I mean, Mike Norvell. I asked him about it today, and Mike Norvell said, "You know, essentially, this is the best defensive front we faced all year. So it's going to be a question of mano y mano. How are how are those uh, the, how are those big guys going to hold up? And you know, I talked to Gabe Kuhn today." Um, who, by the way, is going to start his 50th career game on Saturday, which is a new school record. But I was talking to him about it. I go, is this like a schematic thing? Did you got? Did they do stunts and twists that you guys just weren't no, prepared for? No, and yeah, he just said no. They just we just didn't play well. We didn't execute. We got we weren't focused. You know, they they felt like Memphis felt like they went into that game with the wrong mindset. They were like nervous. They knew they felt it was a big. They didn't game. want to play the damn game to begin with. It was weird timing. They had to get it. It was you know they should have been playing Georgia State. It, the whole thing was weird. Um, so they'd already been down to Orlando once. They didn't. I, I agree. It was it was set up uh, a difficult situation in terms. Of, by the way, what I'm most excited about, I think two things. One is just to have the opportunity to wake up Saturday, knowing. For Memphis football fans, broadly, knowing that if this game goes the right way, they could be playing Georgia or Alabama, like in the like in a, on a New Year's Day Memphis football. Like so, to wake up with that as a possibility, I think is exciting, and to think about the the celebration that could ensue and all of that. And um, I remember how happy people were the first time they went to a bowl, and just to be in the New Orleans Bowl. And giddiness 
And so the level of happiness that would be uh, to think you've come this far, it would be just extraordinary. But then the other thing I am really anxious to see is everything we're talking about. Have they learned? How much better are they? How much better is this defense? What can Riley do? Can Riley come back and play his best game of the year after playing his worst game of the year? Anthony Miller, what's he going to look like? He said he's going to make everybody pay for being, and he certainly did uh, Saturday, starting with the first play of the game. But what does redemption look like, and are they capable of it? Or are they just, in fact, physically outmatched by this Central Florida team, which which like that, that game between Central Florida and South Florida was as much fun as I've watched well, football think, games all year. I think year. this game is going to be just like that one. I don't think either right. defense can be able to stop. Like UCF's, if you look at what UCF's done this year, their defense has trended down, I would say. Like they've, they've given up some points and yards here of late. And so... I'm not I think you're going to see a shootout just like that USF UCF game. Now whether Memphis or UCF wins, I'm not sure, but I think I think you're going to see a similar sort of score and similar sort of action with two offense. I mean, this matchup is the two best top scoring teams in the country and if you take, you know, if you go from since the UCF game, Memphis is the top scoring team in the country. Um, nobody has scored more points than them over the last 7 weeks. It's also a test for Mike Norvell because, and by the way, we have seen this team starting with lots of games, but the Navy game is one in particular where they have, when they have a puzzle in front of them, they have figured out ways to solve the puzzle. A, you've seen it within games where they've made adjustments within games. You might give up two touchdowns, first two drives, and then bammo, they shut them down the rest of the way. And then you've seen it game to game or season to season where they came up with a whole new scheme to beat Navy. So um, what will happen when well, and they when pre- they get they've the now prepared shot. for this team three times and they prepared for, yeah let's hope they prepare differently the third time third yeah. time's the charm exactly yeah. right so but it will be a test for Mike Norvell uh, and for his whole staff on top of it because I think it, they sort of have an edge because they very clearly have the team's attention <laughs> like their, their their team can't be walking into this one feeling too cocky um, because they know what happened to him last time um, well so. and it's a it's a fascinating coaching matchup from the sense of. And it's the it's the ugly elephant. I know the fans of neither team want to talk about it, but this very well could be the last game both these coaches coach at their current schools. You wrote about it in today, which is a shame, by the way. Yeah. I, I I and I don't mean I'm I'm not trying to deny the realities of college football, and I'm not trying to re- deny the realities that. People want the best jobs they can get, and that if Mike Norvell or Scott Farrell, whatever, that they they want the most money they can get, they want the best shot at the national championship. I don't begrudge many of that. It, the timing is really too bad. That literally, this is the zenith of the year for both of these programs. And for example, in the case of Scott Frost, like I fully expect, they Sunday, know he's gone. Yeah, I fully expect Sunday at like one o'clock, there's going to be an official announcement. Right, that and, says, that, and that is true, even if Central Florida wins. Yeah. You know, and and he'll be parachuting out of there and Central Florida will play with a freaking interim coach on either you have a choice. You can either let him coach it, which is like last time Justin Fuente actually wanted to coach the Birmingham Bowl and Memphis would not let him coach the Birmingham Bowl. Well, now with the early signing period, I don't know if you even want let him to. I don't know if you want want to go ahead and make the change. And so then you got it. You got the you're going to have an interim coach or if Memphis wins it. And let's say Mike Norvell leaves. You have an interim coach. You have you have have Dickey again. <laughs> Dickie, who probably, coached the Birmingham, I mean, coach coaching in the uh, in the Peach Bowl. It's just it's just lousy, honestly. Yeah. It's lousy for everybody concerned. It, the coaches don't like it either. The coaches would prefer if they could finish the year 
completely finish the year and then have the hiring process. They don't like answering these questions, um, but it's, it is natural. And obviously, now that Scott Frost is not going to Florida, and we know that because Dan Mullen is, um, it appears he's going to be headed to Nebraska. By all accounts, everyone thinks he's going to be heading to Nebraska. And with Mike Norvell, is a slightly different situation because we don't know for sure if he is staying or leaving. But there is a possibility that he's leaving. No, I think it's it's all centered with with Norvell. It is centered to me on Arkansas. Does Ar- I think if Arkansas wants him and makes the offer, I think he I'll would go. take it. I um, believe that. The question is, do they want him? Do they get Gus Malzahn, which I think is their top choice? Is there another wild card in the mix? You know, Brent Venables has been brought up, the Clemson defensive coordinator. So I don't know if they want him or not. If they've said it, it sounds like it's a little chaotic over at Arkansas with, you know, the boosters running everything. The today it was announced they hired search they announced they hired search firms for both the AD search there and the coach search it's a little chaotic over there so who knows exactly how this will all It's play funny though out. I don't think that coaches tend to be I mean just if what they took the Memphis job when there was no AD or when it was RC was the AD and they knew there would be another AD um and I think that again I'm not predicting that Mike Norvell leaves one I'll we'll let's, I'll just let this play out I think um but I don't think it would deter him that they don't have an AD. He's confident enough in what he does and his sense of his ability to recruit and build a program and his staff that, and his ability to get along with people, honestly, that I think, and, and, and also in the seriousness of the, 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 with which Arkansas would take football that I don't think the, the lack of an AD would stop him. Well, and I think, and to bring up, uh, hopefully I'm not speaking. I think I've said this on the podcast for Tom Shad, my predecessor here. Yeah probably has the best relationship with Norvell of any media member in the country at this point, given he, you know, he was on his beat for a year and a half. I mean, he has said all along that that he felt Arkansas was the one that Mike would want and would leave for, for sure. Right. And it's, the question is, is, and and that's the thing. Everyone, if they're offered the perfect job, people say, well, why, why didn't you should, you should, you should plant your flag in the ground and stake your claim and really like prove that, you can't. Well, you Literally. just said it earlier. You can't. I mean, unfortunately, you cannot make the playoff right. from this conference. Even if you, UCF it's very is different in basketball. You, in college basketball, you can be at Villanova and win a national title. You can be at Gonzaga and compete for a national title. You can be at Butler and compete for a national title. You can be at UConn and win a national title. You can be at. You can be highly. A. You can be paid as much as a Power Five coach, and B. You can win as a as a high level as a Power Five coach in basketball. It's not true in football. You can't get as much money, and you can't win as high level. And so, therefore, they all go. The only place where they have not gone is TCU, and that's because TCU, in the process, changed conferences. Mm -hmm. Like, he would have left, too. But in the end, TCU became a Power Five, and so he could stay. They all go. And um, and whether it's this year or next year, the next year, it's what Memphis is going to have to deal with. And you just deal with it and enjoy the damn game. Well, the one thing I would say is if they're if they do man, if he does stay with all these regional jobs that opened up around Memphis over the last couple you of weeks, stay more than more I mean, than a I year. think there's a better chance he stays more than a year. Well, he won't be going to Arkansas yeah, next like, year. Like he won't no, be going to Ole Miss next year. Tennessee. He, yeah, he's you know, never going to go to Vanderbilt because why would he? He wouldn't go to Tennessee next year. He won't get Mississippi Florida, State next year. None of these he won't jo- go to Florida next Arizona year. Arizona State. LSU seems like they got some things figured out now. He's not going to be. Yeah, yeah. Texas A&M I mean, is going to be. There's a better chance. That's also, though, a reason to go 
this yes, I, if that's I a agree. reason for him to go this year because never he looks around have, and says I, there's never going to be 17 jobs open at the same time mm-hmm. these jobs aren't coming open again anytime soon so well, well it, it'll be interesting no matter what i mean these guys are you know like mike norvell is going to come out a winner if he stays he's getting a big fat raise because we reported over the weekend tom bowen told told me uh, before the the ECU game that they've been negotiating a contract extension with Mike since September. Presumably, if he declines overtures from other schools, if nothing works out with Arkansas, I would presume he signs that contract extension and get right. you know is probably the highest paid coach I'm in the told AAC. somewhere between two and a half and three million dollars a year is what that would look like. It's it's an interesting thing though because you went to Tom just to give people some background. Yeah. You went to Tom. He didn't want to talk about this. And it's a very different deal because two years ago, they wanted it out there. They made a big deal of the push that they were were preparing the biggest offer in the history of blah, 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 to keep Justin Fuente. Like, they loud that we were going after Justin. And weirdly, it was at a time when everybody knew Justin was already gone. Mm -hmm. Here... They've obviously decided to take a different approach and really are not talking about it much, did not want to talk about it, would not have talked to you about it, except you you were there and happened to catch him and press him on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know what accounts for that, except for I guess they figure there's nothing to be gained. There's nothing well, to be gained I by think, saying we're making a big offer. People know the reality. And I also think Tom didn't like how it played out publicly with Justin a couple years ago. Like, I don't think for instance, Tom wants any, you know, even if a school has contacted him, because if you look at Norvell's contract, if he is, if he is in discussions with another school, he needs to tell Tom Bowen about it. But I don't think like, why would you want that out there during this championship week when it's such an important game? No, we could ask Tom Bowen. I've often thought this, like we should say, Tom, is anyone, I've talked to Tom about this about a month ago. I said, are you confident that that they would that 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 Mike Norvell before he talks to someone will ask for permission? He said absolutely. And it's so, in the contract. So we should ask we should ask him if anyone is, but he won't want to talk about it, or he won't. He won't. That's a question that he because what what is to What's be gained? To gain? Him say, oh yes, Arkansas asked for permission and we gave it to them. <laughs> the, yeah. There's not the nothing to be gained. By if he, if he actually said that. that, that would be the sign that he's going to Arkansas. To be quite honest, right? Like, so yes, there's nothing. You just well, the game will happen and then it'll play out literally probably over the next twenty four hours and then we'll uh, and I, then we'll know because a lot of people think it's funny because people were watching the Alabama Auburn game last week thinking that it was important that Malzahn lose that game because then he would go to Arkansas. Now people still think he might possibly go to Arkansas if he loses this game. So if yeah, you if are he, a, if he win, if he beats Georgia and makes the playoff, then he's kind of in a spot where he he's not going. He can't leave. Right. He can't leave. And so then it's either Norvell or Benevol's Venables or who or someone else, else or someone who you know. Like I said, it, it sounds a little chaotic at Arkansas. What do you think of the job? Um, I do believe this. Well, I have two things. When you if you were to lose someone like Mike Norvell, hypothetically, I think it's a true that he has definitely left the program in a better position than he's found it and and even more so than justin fuente because he recruited at a higher level there's talent all over the place the challenge will be quarterback is there a quarterback coming back that's to me but it's also true that as much as you can say that and you and you can i I, loaded with talent loaded with talent like they're gonna miss anthony miller 
but they got so many receivers coming back. You know, the whole O line, like the not, one guy's whole coming yeah. back. They got a lot of the talent. The defensive backfield's back. all fresh. Defense better, yes. Yeah. So, um, a lot of talent coming back. But it's also true, and it's funny because they played East Carolina last week because just because a program is good does not, particularly at this level, does not mean higher. it'll always be good. East Carolina is evidence of that. South Florida is evidence of that. Cincinnati has of late UCF been evidence, was of, evidence that. of that. UCF, which Scott went Frost. from the highest of highs and then a freaking uh, winless season and now Scott Frost. Yes, exactly right. They're evidence of that too. You still, as much talent is coming back, you still got to right. If it comes to that, you still got to make the right hire. It's going to be fascinating. And we should, we should also point out before we leave, I think this is important to note. I, I wrote a story today about even if Memphis loses this game against UCF, could be a very interesting bowl game because I, I actually think there's a pretty good shot they end up in the Liberty Bowl for the first time ever um, playing a Big 12 team. I, I really think like that maybe they'll end up in... like There's a lot of bowl projections that have them going to Birmingham, but... From what I understand, the administration has sort of said to the AAC, like, hey, our fans really did not like Birmingham the last time. Like, we do not want to go back there. Right. And I, I really it think— It's such a come down. That's the problem. I, I really—no, but I don't think it's real—I think there's— No, no, if, you're, if you do end up at Birmingham, but I think it's a reasonable chance. And people have been talking about this for a couple of weeks, the yeah. idea that they might very well go to— Liberty Bowl. Who should be people be rooting for? Uh, if they want to see the Tigers, if they happen to lose in the Liberty Bowl, is there anything they they should be? Rooting well, I, to I honestly think it's like if it's going to happen, it's it, it's, like, it's it's just if they lose, they could go there. And the Liberty Bowl has already kind of worked it out because the way the SEC bowl process works is there's there'll be six. It it all it's dependent on three. SEC teams finishing in the top 12 of the college football playoff rankings, which my guess is even, you know, Alabama is going to, you know, they're not going to play another game, so they'll probably be in the top 12. And my guess would be whoever loses that Georgia-Auburn game would not fall out of the top 12 just for losing that game. And so that means all three of them could go to New Year's Six Bowls. And then that leaves a group of seven bowl bowl partners for the SEC sifting through six teams and so per that the 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 thinking is the liberty bowl could then for ticket sale purposes rather than getting like missouri right. could get memphis memphis right. and it would goose their ticket sales and be a a good storyline the question i guess would be when when i've talked to people from other bowls that i know the one question mark is you know you have to think about the opponent like say they play west virginia how how happy is West Virginia going to be about playing in a bowl game that's essentially anyway, a home though. game? They, they, in the end, they come. You know, yes, no, yeah. they, they may not be they, happy about it, but they come anyway. Um, it's um, that would be fun. I mean, obviously, most fun to go to the Peach Bowl. That would be fun. I do want to just reflect a little bit on what this season's been like. The idea that you go and see a team that is every single. I, I went through their their home records. Uh, for a bunch of years and there's a lot of years there's years where they were winless at home there's years where they won one game at home a lot of years where they won one game at home a whole lot of years where they won two games at home the idea that every time people went off to the liberty bowl this year they came back with a victory all they saw that was wins is extraordinary and not just wins wins where they're putting up 70 points 70 points how many they scored 70 they touchdowns 70 points and the starters played three quarters they paid scored 70 <laughs> touchdowns in 11 
seven games this season. Practically seven touchdowns a damn game. That seven touchdowns is four or five games worth of games in the old days. It's really extraordinary because it's not just they're winning. They're winning in this unbelievably entertaining level with this incredibly in a tra- like the, the fact that Anthony Miller did what he did on the first play of the of the, of the game just like totally just a, took the ball and just ran through everybody because he said he would. And then you get the icing on the cake with Tony Pollard having yet another kickoff return. This run from roughly 72 yards deep into the end zone. (laughs) You know, he he comes running out because that's the only it's it was it's just such a marvelous party of a of an event now. And it really has been an extraordinary year for Memphis football. Well, and it's just a reminder that whether they win or lose this game, whether Norvell stays or goes like just appreciate what you're watching yeah. right here. Like this is, you know, this is one of the best stories in college football. Let's be quite frank. I mean, like over what's happened here with this Memphis football program there, you just don't see transformations like this very often. And you just hope they can keep it going this week into the bowl game going forward in the future, whatever may happen. You know, you just hope that this is just, you know, this is, this is obviously something you can savor, but it's something that can be built upon. Built upon. Well, we will be back next week uh, for another Tiger football podcast. But in the meantime, make sure you're checking out CommercialAppeal.com all this week. We'll have tons of coverage going into the AAC championship game. I'll have a story on Jonathan Cook, story on you know sort of what went wrong in that UCF game and how Memphis plans to fix it. Um, and then obviously our game coverage. So, um, and luckily it's an 11 a.m. start or 11 a.m. Central Time start. So uh, join us next week and uh, enjoy the championship game. They don't come around very often. A new episode of the Tiger Football Podcast posts each Tuesday during the regular season. You can also subscribe to the show for free on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. The Tiger Football Podcast is a production of the Commercial Appeal. At Jewelers Mutual, we're a little obsessed with jewelry. Obsessed like auctioneers with talking fast. 50, we're going to Pop stars with auto-tune. And dentists with asking questions. So, how did he propose? After they've put their hands in your mouth. Great. Yes, we've made jewelry our obsession for over 100 years. We love it so much, we named our kids Ruby, Amber, and Opal. Venti soy latte for Opal? At Jewelers Mutual, we insure jewelry and only jewelry. Which is why people who are also obsessed with jewelry trust us with theirs.